0: hard at that comment about, I want to be free. I'm going to do my, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to join the military. And anybody that's been in the military or had a friend in the military, like, and so I didn't even laugh at that joke up here on stage. I laughed at you laughing at that joke so hard on stage. So anyway, welcome week two of a series called twist. Everybody say there's a twist. If you were not here last week, I'd encourage you to go get the, the the CD from last week or you can go watch online. Because last week was foundational and it sets up this idea that in life, all is not as it seems. Like it's not exactly playing out the way that we think it is. Nobody in this room, as tough as this pill is to swallow, nobody in this room is objective. Nobody in this room sees all clearly. Can I get... Amen. And that's the problem with deception. The scariest part of deception is, is that you don't even know that you're deceived. So you're actually unaware of what you're unaware of and you don't know what you don't know. And you're blind to the reality that you don't know it. So you don't even know that you need to go find out what you don't know. Because there's a twist. And what we learned last week is that Jesus said the world is not all that it seems to be. Like this top layer, this top surface, just you would think we can just take it for what it is. And Jesus said, actually, that's not true. Actually, and we use the illustration that there's a germ theory that many times in life for for hundreds and thousands of years, we actually believe that, that diseases were spontaneous, that they just appeared out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden this guy came along and they invented microscopes and they realized there's actually these things that are unseen called germs that affect what we do see. And this is why we get diseases and Ebola spreads and all this weird stuff. It's because there's unseen things. And Jesus said that there is an unseen world as weird as that sounds, or as kooky to some of you as that might sound, there's an unseen world that affects the seen world. And that not only is there an unseen world, but there's actually a player involved in this unseen world, and Jesus called him the devil. And so Jesus goes on to say that there's a, there's a person, an entity, a being, they plot, they scheme, they're crafty, and their method is deception. Because the devil doesn't have creative power. He can't just start creating things. He's not God. So what he has to do is take a good thing, and put a twist on it. Take an okay thing and put a twist on it. And if he can take what God meant for good and twist it, then he can get us to do some really well, dumb things. This is why we know that there's a twist. Is because when we look back on our own life, we go through seasons of our life and we ask ourselves questions like, What in the world was I thinking? How could I have been so so blind. How could I have been so how could I have fallen for that? How, how could I have jumped into that? And at the time it made so much sense, and I actually thought it was a brilliant idea. How could I have dated him? How could I have dated her? What was I thinking? Well, let's be honest, we had blinders on. We 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 fell into a trap. We got duped into believing something that we were convinced it was true, and it turned out not quite all that true. And so Jesus said, Beware of the twist, and he says these famous lines in John chapter 8, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. So there's a truth and there's a lie. There's a truth and a deception. What we're trying to determine is is what are the twists that you and I may be falling victim to. And as we see today, there is a trap that we all fall into. Now, I'm going to give you the teenage version of the trap. Okay, you're going to remember this. Everybody go back 5, 10, 20, 40 years, however long it takes you to get to, to teenage years. And, 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 and that kid in the end of the video reminded you of you to some degree probably. Most of us had this idea that says, don't tell me what to do. I want to be my own person. I'll do what I want. I'll figure it out. And, and this is the lie. The teenage version of the lie is this, is that rebellion leads to freedom, right? And normally it was it was directed towards our parents or the police or our teacher or our coach or some version of that. And we thought, if I could just get... Out from underneath their authority, I would be what? Free. But then we learn, and especially really uh, dysfunctional people learn, that if you break enough rules and get into enough rebellion, you go to a place called prison where you have no freedom, right? And so does rebellion really lead to freedom then? At the highest levels, it absolutely doesn't. But here, now here's what we just did right there. We were, we were All we did right there is kick back and say, yeah, 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 Todd, that's, that's elementary, dog. Come on now. You step up your game, the sermon's not going anywhere fast, because this is what we dealt with when we were teenagers. You didn't know I knew that you thought that. But what we did was, is we've come up with an adult version of this. You want to see what the adult version is? This is much more sophisticated. Well, if I disagree, I'm free to disobey. You it got quiet up in this Methodist Church real quick here. Has anybody ever had that cross their... Have you ever looked at a tax law and thought, man, that's dumb. That don't make no sense. That, that's unfair. I don't have to agree. I don't have to do... Why? Because I disagree. I'm free to disagree. You ever looked at a speed limit and thought, I can't believe that says 35. This ought to be a 45. There's no way that should be a 35. As a matter of fact, when we looked at the 45s, we thought they should be 55s. We looked at 55s, we thought this... And we, we thought, some of us want to live on the Autobahn. And so... No speed limits whatsoever. You ever looked at a seatbelt law? You ever Hey, because sometimes laws change, don't they? And so like a lot of times you'll see new laws and be like, this is dumb. Because when I was a kid, we didn't have to do that. I used to sit up in the window of the back. Y'all ever do that? Climb up and lay down in the back in the window. You used to sit down in the hump and put your legs over the hump. Like in the seatbelt. Seatbelts are dumb. We were fine. I used to ride around in the back of my daddy's pickup truck. Need no seatbelt? I'm fine. Eh, maybe. Some people might question whether or not you're fine. And so we look at certain, certain like I said, whether they're... You ever look at your policy handbook at work? I'm like, that's dumb. That don't make no sense. And so since we disagree with it, I'm free to skirt that one just a little bit. I, I'm free to kind of think about whether or not I really want to obey that rule or not, or whether I want to disregard that rule. I don't know about you, but this sermon's tough for me. Because I have an issue with this area, Um, I'm the guy that that tends to lean in this direction, and I'll I'll tell you why. I like authority. I mean, I really do. You you, you might find I like authority when I'm in authority. That's good, huh? I like I like like children obey your parents. I love that one. You know what I'm saying? As long as I'm the parent, you know. I, I, I like I like all the different scriptures that talk about. So I like authority when I'm. When I'm in authority, like I'm down with all, like when I'm the boss and you're the employee, I'm down with that, that version of the story. I got the paycheck, do what I say, what I, I th- th- those are all good with me. I like authority as long as authority agrees with me. I run into that one sometimes too. I like authority as long as authority lines up with, with what I think already. And then we're, we're kosher. We're good. I I, I like authority as long as authority benefits me. So I like police officers who put away bad people, Right as long as that's not me i like when they're protecting me not when they're chasing me does that make sense and so so that's where we like authority we like authority typically when it suits us when it agrees with us we, we, we like authority when it's over there and they don't see what we're doing we like that kind of authority We like authority, but have you noticed like authority then is all about us at this point in time. It's all about how it relates to us and how we feel about it. And like I said, the grown up version is, is, but when it comes to authority, when it comes to who's in charge, it's really about if I disagree with the rule, then I can determine if I want to follow that rule or not. Has anybody ever been that? Has anybody ever, ever crossed your mind? So this is where we go. Let me put it like this. Authority is fine. This is the twist. Authority is fine as long as it is understood that if I disagree, I'm free to disregard because doing what I want to do makes me free. That's the twist. Did you see it? And let me tell you what, this is really, really easy for us to fall into. You know why? We're Americans. And we have a right, and we have a vote, and we have a voice, and we have a say. Bless God, our country was founded somewhat on the idea of rebellion, you're not going to tell me what to do anymore. Taxation without representation don't fly with me. And so as Americans, this is built into our little brains that like, whoa, 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 whoa. We, we question everything, which we'll learn is fine. But we think that if we get to question it, we also get to disagree with it. And this is where the Bible kicks back on us and says something totally different. And so you, you know what, who else has a problem with this? People that are very wealthy have a problem with this. People who are at the top of the heap in life, in their work, in their job, or financially, they have a problem with this. Because many times we look at rules and we think, well, that that wasn't meant for me. I mean, that was, that was designed for little people or dumb people or people like, but not me. I'm like, If they knew my situation, they, they'd wink at that. Because they know me and they know what they know that I don't have to because or they know I'm above that because and so again, we fall into all these different traps because we have bought into the twist that if I disagree, that means we get to look at every rule and examine. Do I really need to follow that rule? So we look at the what we look at the individual rule and say, is that a rule that I should follow? It's a rule, isn't it? It's a law, isn't it? It's a thing, isn't it? So your tax law, your company laws, your company policies, if you're stealing post-it notes, yeah, that's an issue. But it's just a post, come on. No, no, that's not, it's the twist. That if I disagree with it, I'm free just to disregard it. And when I buy into the twist, here's what happens. What happens is, is that if I ever get caught, I get to say, well, that little is dumb. I don't need to follow that. And we kick back. Or, or if we, if we get caught or if we, let's say we don't get caught, we have no guilty conscience, do we? Like we never feel a sense of conviction. Why? Well, because that rule really didn't apply to me anyway. And that was for other people. That wasn't for me. Or, this is the other one. This is where many of us fall into today. If we look at a rule that we disregard and disagree with, we will still sometimes keep the rule just so that we don't get into trouble, right? But we don't obey the rule because of our conscience. We don't obey the rule because that would be the right thing to do. We just obey the rule because we don't want to go to jail. And then that becomes the motive. But you see how the twist focuses everything about you and it focuses everything about the what and the rule. And so What we're going to learn is, is that actually had nothing to do with it. And let me tell you, this whole thing is how it began in the beginning. Watch this, Genesis chapter 3. Read along on the screen with me or you can turn there in your Bible. Listen to how the beginning of human history begins. It says, The serpent was more crafty than any other of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, this is what he said, Did God really say you must not eat from any or from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, well, yeah, we can eat from the trees in the garden, but God said you cannot eat from the fruit of this particular tree that's in the middle of the garden and you can't touch it or you'll die. You're not going to die. The serpent said to the woman, listen to this, because God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. You know what the very first trap was? Is there somebody in charge of you that tells you what you can and can't do? Is there somebody that's told you that you're not allowed to do something? Do you think that's fair? Did you think that's okay? Did God really say that? Let's question it. Let's let's challenge it. Maybe we disagree with it. And if we disagree with it, maybe we can disregard it. Because really what I think is going on here is that God is probably keeping you something from really something really, really good. And God, if you do this... You can be like God. And you know what that means? You will have no one over you in authority because nobody's over God. And you get to be like God. You don't have to have authority and you don't have to obey rules. Now, how many of you know that's how this whole thing begins? It begins with the twist on who's in charge of you. Maybe what they said is not necessarily applicable to you and apply to you. And so maybe if you disagree, maybe you get to disregard. So again, we see the problem in our own heart. We see the problem with the beginning of mankind. So here's the question. And what does God actually say about the issue of authority? And what we're going to find today as we look through Romans chapter 13 is God has something very, very challenging to say to us. Are you ready? Put your big boy pants on. Strap your seatbelt in because you're not going to like what you're about to hear. All right. So Romans chapter 13, verse number one. This is Paul speaking to the what? The Romans. That's why it's called Romans. Okay. Where's Rome? Is in it Italy? Yeah, Rome. Rome. So, so Paul, the apostle Paul is speaking to a, a group of Christians in the city of Rome. Now, before I read to you what I'm going to read to you, I need you to put some context around this. And here's the context. Rome was at that time ruled by a guy named Nero. Everybody say Nero. Nero was one of the most wicked emperors in Roman history. Nero not only was an awful human being, but he was particularly awful to Christians. This was the guy that was throwing Christians into the, uh, into the Colosseum to be eaten by lions so people could cheer and be entertained. That's that guy. This is the guy that would decorate his garden, and I'm going to grow somebody out here. He would literally take the heads off of Christians and put them on a stake, light them on fire, and that would light his garden. is that guy. I mean, no, that, this guy's not getting a Christmas card this year. And so, this guy was wicked, he was evil, and he was awful. And listen to what Paul says in light of this. This is how, now, our government is not perfect, and all the laws are not perfect, and your business is not perfect, and your parents are not always perfect. But in light of that, they're probably not this bad. So, Romans chapter 13, the Bible says, let everyone, do you know what that means in the Greek? It means everyone. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. And then he just, just in case like you, you're like question that real quick. The very next sentence is the authorities that exist have been established by God, because I knew the first time that I said that you were going to like, no, 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 he he meant something. No, 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 that's exactly what he meant. All the authorities, like you, so your, your boss, the mayor, the governor, the president, this guy, that, all these authorities have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so uh, will bring punishment or judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. It, now, I know what you're thinking. Like, have you met my boss? He, he's anti-God. He don't believe in God. He's not God's servant. Yes, he is. Have you seen our president? Have you seen this boss? Have you seen this person? Do you know who my parents were? They're not God's servants. Yes, they were. And yes, they are. Because all authority, and this is, this is really what we learn, all authority is established by who? The good ones? Yep. The bad ones? Yep. The, the, the in-between ones? Yep. They're established by God. And what we're learning is this, is that God, and I wrote this down so this would be really, really clear, is that God works through authority. This is the means by which God works in the earth. As a matter of fact, if you go read, the the Bible says that God used Nebuchadnezzar, who was an awful man, to do certain things to advance the kingdom of God. God has always picked good people and bad people to execute his will. As a matter of fact, when you read the Bible and you read any of the great people and the men of God, they're, they're all dysfunctional on some level. They're all sinful. We all have issues. We all have drama. As a matter of fact, you're being sinful is actually a prerequisite of being used by God. You should be happy this morning. God only uses sinful people. That's why He can use you. God only loves sinful people. Because that's all there are, isn't there? The Bible is... Or or heaven is not filled with with sinful people and non-sinful people. Heaven is filled with forgiven people or people who didn't want the forgiveness of God. so, so God uses all kinds of it. God uses your dysfunctional, atheistic boss to bring about something in you. Or it could be to reveal something in you. Let, let's keep reading. So, God's servant. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. I Meaning, like, they don't got handcuffs and a billy stick for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities. There's a word we all love, No, we? Like, Submit. A favorite American word. That's what we all want to do. We all want to submit to somebody else. Not only because of possible punishment. Now, listen to this. It is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. Remember earlier I said most of us are in the boat of we abide by most of the laws. I and mean, we kind of pick and choose some of the ones in the, in, the, in the gray area. And, you know, some of them we can disregard. Because, you know, but, but, I mean, we abide by most of the laws. And do you know why we abide by most of the laws? It's to avoid this, right? Because you wouldn't pay any taxes if you could get away with it not get in trouble, right? I mean, like, there are some of us that are so lead-footed, we would never obey any speed trap, any speed law, any speed limit. Can I get an amen? Some of us would never put on our seatbelt if we didn't know that there's a ticket waiting for us, which I think I ended up with three before I decided. Remember, put on the seatbelt. So God says this, and the apostle Paul says this, I don't want you to submit to the authorities just so that you can avoid punishment, although that's common sense. I actually want you to do it as a matter of Conscious, meaning like something in my heart tells me that this is wrong. It's a matter of conviction. It's a matter of my heart. And this is really what God is saying here. This is so huge. What God is saying is, is that your response to the authorities in your life that you can see is an indication of your response to the supreme authority that you cannot see. Who established all authority? God did. Was like one, one person, I, I told you you were going to love this. Who establishes all authority? Right. So when we rebel against authorities, what did God say? Who are you really rebelling against? So really, when we think about authority in our life, we normally think about us or we think about the what of the rule. But God said, I don't want you to think about you and I don't want you to think about the rule and analyze whether or not it's worthy of uh, regarding or disregarding. Every time you think about the authorities over your life, I don't want you to think about the what I want you to think about the who this is a who issue, not a what issue. This isn't a, does that make sense or not? Does that really, you know, I, and, and now, now here's the kickback. The kickback is, is because you're American, you're wanting to say, but Todd, some authorities are bad and some authorities should be questioned. And the answer to that is, yeah, you should, you should totally question authority, but to question authority and disregard authority are two different things. Like that's why we, that's why, and that's the beauty of living in America. It's like you have the ability to question everything. You have the ability to voice a complaint and to question everything. And this is why, in reality, Christians ought to make the most incredible and best citizens in any society. It's because you have the ability to question and yet still have the ability to honor the authority because in doing so you are honoring God. Christians should make the best employees. Because you should have the, the matter of conscience in you to say, I can obey the rules and yet question them. But I can still show up and do my job and give my best. And Christians should make the best employees and the best citizens. Hey, Christian kids, you should make the best kids. Because you have the ability to look at, sometimes mom says stuff to you and you're like, that's dumb. But still obey and give honor where honor is. Due. Let's keep reading. I'll, I'll prove it to you. It's a matter of conscience. Now, now look at what Paul uses as an example. This is hilarious. I did not write this. This is also why you, yeah, pay taxes. Why did you put that in there, man? It's why you pay taxes for the authorities or what? He goes back, they're God's servants. Jeez, you're killing me. Who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. You mean I got to go write a check? Yeah. You owe taxes, you pay taxes. If you owe revenue, revenue, respect, respect, if honor, honor. And so God says what you need to be this is, this is where I want to take the blinders off and I want to untwist the twist. Just because you disagree does not give you the right to disregard. Because when you disregard the human authorities that are in your, in your life, you are actually disregarding me. So let's untwist the twist. God's authorities in your life reveal something, and I, and I totally understand this because I, I I was checked at a certain point in my life, and it's been an ongoing struggle. I don't know if it's part personality, part the way I was raised, part American, part whatever. I got all kinds of excuses and reasons for justifying my attitude, but I realized a long time ago, here's where I realized it. I was a youth pastor for about eight, ten years, and I took these kids. I probably took like 20 kids out to like a paintballing day one time, and I'm out on the paintball field with these kids, and there was this rule. I'm sure there was a bunch of them. I probably didn't pay much attention because I have this issue, and so I'm listening to all the rules, and one of the rules is, is while on the field of play, you can never take off your mask because we don't want you to get shot in the eyeball and, and and then have an eye patch, and then you lose your eye, all that bad stuff. I don't want you to do that, so there's a rule. And so I'm out on the paintball field, and my my mask is fogging up. And I'm like, well, I can't see, so I took my mask off so I could clean my mask. Now, that makes complete sense, doesn't it? I mean, like... I need to be able to see. I had a reason, and then grrr, guy blows a whistle at me. He's like a punk kid too. You like, you know, like I don't know how old I'm probably twenty seven or something like that. And he comes over and he blows a. Wh- who are you blowing a whistle at? That's my attitude. I'm revealing a lot right now, and uh, he's like, look, there's a rule. You got to keep your mask on. You do that again, and we're gonna kick you off the course. I'm like, man, do you know who you're talking to? Like, I'm the one that brought all these kids here. I'm the reason why you have business. I'm the re- and I have all these. Doesn't it sound good when you throw enough reasons and justifications at a thing? You can convince yourself. I'm in the right here. I mean, technically. And so sure enough, it happens again. And I do the same thing again later. And and I'm like, where is this guy? He's like a ninja hiding in the bushes. How did he even see me? I thought I was like away from everybody. And he blows the whistle and he kicks me off the paintball field. And I'm steaming mad. And this is where the Lord just shines the light on my little heart. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And it's really, really clear. You know what he said to me? He said, Todd, you have an issue with authority. And by you not submitting to these simple authorities, you are not submitting to me. Oh, dear Lord. What is wrong with me? Why do I want to kick back? Why do I feel like I can always pick and choose what I want to obey? Or not obey. What, what is that in me? There's a rebellious thing in me. There's a kickback thing in me. And I just, and I had to just basically embrace this reality that I have an issue with authority and I need to fight hard to always to submit to the authority that Romans chapter 13 might need to be tattooed on my forearm that I may check it daily. I need to always be mindful of and thoughtful of that because here's, and here's why this is so important. And hopefully this makes sense of, I'm going to close right here. Or I say that maybe two or three times. So bear with me. When you live a life where you pick and choose the rules that you live by, you pick and choose which authorities that you want to obey and not obey, when you get into the what and you forget about the who, here's the problem that we run into, especially as believers, is eventually we get into this book right here. And we carry that same attitude that we have towards life towards the police towards the tax law towards the handbook policy towards our boss towards our parents towards whoever it is and we begin to look at the what instead of the who and we begin to pick and choose what it is that we don't look what we want to choose to obey and not obey and the problem is that eventually we get ourselves into this book the words of life the instructions on how to live the most blessed life possible and you know what we do we carry that same attitude into here and as believers you know what we start doing and i know this is true cuz i have you in my office counseling Why is it that we get into trouble? Why is it that we find ourselves in a mess? Why is it that we find ourselves in a heartache? Most of the time, it's because somewhere down the line here, we looked at a thing, a law, a command. And we decided, you know what? I think that's for other people. You know what? People used to live like that a long time ago, but that's not for me today. I mean, come on, God. I mean, get with the times here. And we begin to look and to pick and to choose and to try to figure out what it is that we want to obey or not obey. And God's saying, no, no, you need to know this, that all authorities are established by me. And I'm working through these authorities to actually bring about something in the earth, and many times I'm doing them to bring about something in you. You ever had a boss that you totally disagreed with? Six months later, you realize, you know what? God used that ungodly boss to reveal in me my issue with authority, my issue with anger, my issue with whatever. I'm telling you, God uses good people, bad people, Pretty people, ugly people, God don't care. God uses this, the authorities and God, I, I could go all throughout history and I could go all throughout the scripture and show you how God used both righteous and wicked authorities to bring about his purpose. He's God. He owns the chessboard, okay? He can use whatever pieces he wants to bring about his cause and his purpose and his good in the earth and he can use them to bring about those things in you as well. But the twist, the twist is to kick back and say, you know what? Those rules are for other people. Those rules are beneath me. Those, I get to pick and choose what I want to follow. And God said, you've missed it. Because the issue is not the what, the issue is the who. And the who is our Heavenly Father. And here I'm going to end with this point here. Here's what you need to know about your Heavenly Father all of His commands are protective in nature, they are not restrictive in nature. God has never once given a command to do this or not to do that so that he could keep you from something good. God was never trying to hold back and keep you from something or give a rule for no reason or give a rule just to see if you'll jump through a hoop. God is a loving heavenly father, and the only reason he ever gave a command to do or a command to don't do is because he was trying to set you up for the most blessed life possible. And many times we're like Adam and Eve back in the Garden of Eden, and we're like, well, did he really say that? Is that what that really means? I wonder, if there's a, I wonder if there's a Hebrew word that would fix that and make that different than what it really is. I wonder if I can find a, a person to disagree with that scripture and say, actually, what that scripture meant was this instead of that. And maybe, and maybe I can... And so we just start buying into the idea that maybe there's a bunch of gray areas and maybe I can find loopholes and maybe I don't have to agree with that And so because I don't agree, I don't have to obey. And God's saying, no, no, no. How you... This is the tough pill to swallow. How you treat and how you view human authorities... It absolutely spills over into how you view and how you respond to the ultimate authority, your heavenly Father. Don't buy into the twist. Romans chapter 13 is the truth. And that truth will make you free. Let's pray this morning. Father, we pray, God, that as we take these difficult, challenging words, that, God, that we wouldn't dismiss them the way that sometimes we dismiss certain rules or commands or do's or don'ts. God, we pray, God, that we would be a people that so in our heart want to serve you, that so in our heart want to respond to your grace and your goodness, that so want to obey you and honor you with our life, God, that we look at the authorities differently now walking out of this day. That when we leave this place and we walk through those doors, when we go out and we see different authorities in our life, that we will see them differently. We will see them through the lens of Romans chapter 13. And we'll begin to see, God, what is it that you might be doing in me? What is it that you might be doing through these authorities, whether good or bad, godly or ungodly? God, what is it that you're up to? And God, I, 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 maybe I need to question. Maybe I even need to protest, but God, I will obey. Because in doing so, I want to obey you. So, Father, I pray that we would have this heart. Let us become God, those people that make the most incredible citizens, the people that make the most incredible church members, the people that make the most incredible families. The people that make the most incredible employees so that we might be your light in the world. That we may be the salt of the earth. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, Lord God. Father, we pray that you would help us to become those people, Lord. That is our prayer today in Jesus' name. And we all said amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning, could you?